What we choose to do in life really does matter. It matters to the world around us. It matters to our children. It matters really to everyone we come in contact with. And um, I just wanted to make mention that uh, as a fellowship of churches, and we have churches literally around the world, we've made a commitment to sponsor 10,000 uh, children through uh, World Vision and Prison, Inter uh, Prison Fellowship International. And these are children of prisoners around the world. And, and what we choose to do today uh, really does matter. What are we going to do? Because when we sponsor a child, it, it changes their life. They are paying the price uh, for what their parents have done. And we need to reach out to them. It really does matter. Let me tell you why. I got a, an email this week that one of the young ladies that we were going to be asked to sponsor uh, this week, this young, young, young girl committed suicide. She ran out of hope. She ran out of time. Uh, she didn't know what else to do because it's a, it's a horrible life situation where they're kind of cast away from their families and their communities and they have to live life on their own. And, and so what you choose today really does matter. And so if the Holy Spirit is prompting you at the end of our service to, to grab uh, just a, a sponsorship packet and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and, and sponsor a child, I want to tell you that it really does matter so for five quarters a day, you can change the life of a child. You can put hope back into a hopeless situation. And I'm just going to encourage you to do that today. We're going to celebrate uh, baptisms in just a moment. But if you would allow me, I'm just going to tell you three quick Bible stories since our kids are with us today. And I'm going to do this super fast. So if you, if you want to, I'm going to ask you to get your Bibles out, your your notes, there's a place on the back of the bulletin if you want to write any of these scriptures down or anything so that you can read them in their entirety and, and go ahead and look at, at those. But Proverbs, where we've been, tells us a lot about our relationships, especially our relationships with our families. And um, there's a proverb, Proverbs 14.26, that says, Those who fear the Lord are secure. He, God, will be the refuge for their children. That's a powerful proverb that, that when you fear the Lord, when you walk with the Lord, your ground is secure. You're building your life on the rock. I mean, that is a good thing. Your life is secure when you fear the Lord. And it matters that you do that, but it matters not just for you. It matters for your children. It matters for your grandchildren. It matters for the world around you and everyone in your life because it says that God will be the refuge for their children. That God will be a refuge for the children. And so your relationship with God matters in a very deep way. Three Bible stories. The first one is Nehemiah. Nehemiah goes back to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. The city has been devastated. Uh, Judah, the, the southern part of Israel, has been taken into captivity by Babylon for 70 years. They tore down the walls, tore down the temple, tore down the homes. The whole city is left in ruins. And 70 years later, Nehemiah with a small group gets to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the city, rebuild the temple, and rebuild the wall. And he takes this group back, and as they begin to portion out the city, it tells us in the book of Nehemiah that they give different areas to different people to build their homes. And then right outside their home, wherever your home was, right outside 
of your home, you were assigned that part of the wall to rebuild. And I love the picture of that, don't you? That picture that I need to build the wall around my home. I need to build that protection around my home, that that's what they were called to do. And the enemies, again, that came against them, tried to discourage them, tried to attack them, tried to, to, to destroy them. And it says in Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 17, it says, those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other, and each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. That they were called to do. So, so they had their weapon in one hand. They were building the wall in the other hand. They had their sword just in case something happened. I mean, they were ready for a battle. And I want to tell you that we are called to fight for our families. We are called to battle, to do whatever it takes, because what we do in this life really does matter. Now, obviously, we want God to be the center of our life, but we want God to be the center of the life of our family. We don't want the enemy to come in and steal and kill and destroy. We want to fight against the enemy because Jesus has promised us abundant life. And we're called to fight for our families, to build that wall of protection around our families. And some of us say, I don't want to engage the enemy. I, I, I don't want that fight. I don't want to have to fight. And if you choose not to fight, here comes our second Bible story. It comes from the life of Ahab, and Ahab was probably the worst king Israel ever had. His wife's name is Jezebel, and so Ahab had 70 sons. And what happened was the enemy was coming against Ahab, but Ahab didn't want to fight the enemy. He didn't want the trouble. He didn't want to fight the enemy. And so the enemy said, no problem, just kill all your sons and give their heads to me and, and we'll be done. And believe it or not, that's what Ahab did. He killed all of his sons and gave their heads to his enemy. You can choose not to fight against the enemy, but it's going to cost you. See, we're in a battle, and we have to build that protection around our family because the enemy's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. He's coming for you. He's coming for your kids. He's coming for your grandkids. He's coming for this world. And we are called to protect. And, and a lot of times we say, you know what? I don't want to fight. I'm not going to put myself out there. You're going to lose everything. If you choose not to fight, you will lose everything. So how do we fight? Write these two things down. First of all, we fight with love. We fight with love. Love is described for us in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And, and What's amazing about that description without reading it is that love always builds up. It never tears down. It always builds up. It, it says it's patient and kind. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. It never tears down. It only builds up. It says it's never jealous or arrogant or rude or angry or selfish or resentful. It's never any of those things. It, it only builds up. It's the greatest of all of these. The greatest is Love, why? Because it lasts forever. And so what we need to do when it comes to our family, we need to fight with love. We need to be building one another up, not tearing one another down. That's what we're called to do. And it, it really, when you think about love, love is like the rubber band in our family. It holds things together. When we have love in our families, it holds us together. When we are building up and not tearing down, because when we tear down, we're going to scatter. But when we build up in love, 
We're going to hold it together. And so that's the first thing we do. We fight with love. The second thing is we fight on the altar. We fight on the altar. We need to be praying for our families. We need to be seeking God for our families. We need to dedicate our families to God. When a child is born and we dedicate it to the Lord, we, we bring that child up front and the pastors pray over that child. We dedicate that child at the altar. In just a moment, we're going to invite the, the people who are being baptized today to come to the altar. We're going to lay hands on them and we're going to bless them and we're going to dedicate them to the Lord. And, and, and we come before the altar and, and we say, these guys, these gals, they belong to God. And we need to do that with our family. We need to say, you know what? Our family belongs to God. We're not going to let the world raise our children. We're not going to let the teachers or the TV or different things that are in there, we're not going to let them raise our, the, our children. We're going to raise our children. See, God gave your children to you. God gave your grandchildren to you. God gave any child in your family, or maybe God supernaturally put some families together. I don't know. But you know what? If there's a child in your life, God gave them to you to bless, to bring them to the altar, and to pray, and to bless them. And so what we have to do is we have to, to battle. Don't give up. Battle at the altar. Battle in prayer. Build that wall around your family. And that leads us to our final Bible study story, I should say. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of God in the Old Testament. That housed the presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant had been held by the Philistines for a very long time. And then David got it back, and he's bringing it back home to where it belongs. And if you remember, he put it on an ox cart, and they're bringing it in, and they're celebrating, and they're cheering, and they're dancing before the Lord. And then the ox cart hits a bump, and it gets a little wobbly. And and a man reaches out just to make sure it doesn't fall, and as soon as he touches the ark, he's dead. And David realized the seriousness of the situation, and he said, we've, we've got to do this right. And so they begin to talk to the Levites and prepare everything for bringing the ark back the way it was supposed to. But in the meantime, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 11, they had to store the ark somewhere, so they chose someone's house. It says... In 2 Samuel 6, 11, the ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. I love that scripture because where the presence of God is, there's blessing. And Obed-Edom welcomed the presence of God into his house. He welcomed the ark into his house. And I want you to welcome the presence of God into your home, into your family and say that we are going to be a family that lives in the presence of God. And if we're going to do that, there might be some things that we need to turn off on TV. There might be some things we need to stop listening to. There might be some times we need to turn the computer off. There may be some things that we need to do to say that my home is where the presence of God is going to be. Because where the presence of the Lord is, there is blessing. And I want blessing on my family. I want blessing on my life. I want my life to be secure. I, don't want, I want the Lord to be a refuge for my children. And that comes when we build the altar in our home. And you say, well, how do I do that? Well, just begin today. Begin today. Make that commitment today that I'm dedicating my life. I'm dedicating my children to the Lord. I am dedicating myself to love, to fight 
with love for my family. I'm dedicating to pray for my family, to make our home a place where the presence of God is welcome. Because I've been saying this since we started this this study in, in the book of Proverbs, that we make our best decisions and we live our best lives in the presence of the Lord. We make our best decisions and we live our best lives in the presence of the Lord. And I want to invite the presence of the Lord into my entire life, into everything I do, and especially into our home. And I just encourage you to do that today as well. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me before we move uh, into a time of baptism? We're just going to pray. Lord, we, we dedicate ourselves. We dedicate ourselves to you. Lord, we want to rebuild the wall around our family. So, Lord, with the building materials in one hand and a weapon in the other, we will fight for our family. We will protect our family. We will not run away from the enemy. We will not try to hide. We will not say, I just don't want to bother with it. Lord, we will fight for our family. And we will fight with love. We will fight with prayer. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in our homes. You are welcome in our lives. Holy Spirit, come. Come today. Help us to start this, Lord. Help us to continue this, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to continue this this thought next week as we gather together, but uh, I'm just going to invite everyone that is